to read the passage of scripture that I ask you to read over uh, since uh, the other day. Well, I'm, I'm glad there's one honest, couple honest people in the room. Um, Mark 17 doesn't exist. And I really appreciate that those of you who raised your hand so that, they, so that someone in the room would gain from this message today. <laughs> I hope you like all the decorations. Um, I stayed up all night working on those to get those. Uh, that's a lie. I don't know how often you notice, but there are so many words that come out of our mouths that are not true. They're either a half-truth or a sort of a truth or just a complete bald-faced lie. It's incredible to me how common it is. It's amazing to me how it's just a part of life. We don't even think twice about it. It's pretty scary. I hope you didn't spend too much time looking for Mark 17. I know it was a really cruel and obnoxious joke. And, and the sin of entrapment trying to get you guys to raise your hand was probably way worse than if you admitted to reading the verse and actually didn't. Our message this morning is all about integrity, all about job site integrity, taking integrity to work. Whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, retired, uh, just beginning, or maybe in the middle of a workplace career, this series is designed to help us accept God's assignment for each and every one of us. I know somewhere in this series we had to talk about job site and workplace ethics. So today's the day. We already discovered that we don't really have a job. We have an assignment. We have a mission given, given to us by God. We figured out that it, it doesn't matter where we are, whether we're in the middle or where we're at the bottom or we're at the top. We've got to love on those around us and, and pursue greatness in everything that we do without the pride, without the ego, without the selfishness. And last week we learned from Daniel what to do when we have a bum boss or a corrupt company that we work for. The subject we're going to discuss today, I'll bet the number one sin we all have in common. Preachers often will ask everyone to, to raise their hand if they've ever told a lie. And raise their hand if you've never told a lie. And then they say, well, now you just did. The bottom line is we all fall short when it comes to honesty. If you have children, you've probably realized that this is self-taught. No one has or ever has to teach their kids how to lie. They, they come uh, preloaded. This, this, this app is preloaded on all versions. It doesn't matter what operating system you have. It comes preloaded. Some kids are really good at it. Some of them, not so much. I've told this story before, but I got home from work a little early one day. It wasn't quite dinner time yet. Backed my trailer in the driveway, went through the side door of the garage and up the stairs and, and popped through the door um, into the laundry room. The door slammed behind me and I heard little feet running down the hall. Usually, those little feet would bust around the corner and come running down the hall and meet me halfway through the laundry room and give me a big hug and, you know, of course, say, Daddy, you're home. And then Colton would crawl around the corner and um, try to catch up with Cameron. But this particular day, the feet went the other direction. The little noise went away instead of towards me. 
Like, ah, that's kind of weird. My next stop's the fridge. I drop off my cooler, grab a cherry Coke, and I look behind the fridge. There wasn't much room behind the fridge. You know how the, sometimes the refrigerator will stick out a little bit past where the cabinets are? And I came around the corner, and the fridge is here, and, and then the cabinets go around, and I saw a little profile of a little two-and-a-half-year-old belly sticking out past the fridge. Like, ah, that's, that's a little strange. What are you doing back there, Cameron? She came around the corner and, of course, had wrappers on the floor as she ran to get behind there, and her mouth was covered in chocolate. So, you've been digging into the chocolate. You're supposed to have those before dinner? Those big blue eyes look up at me and tears welling up. Nodded her head the wrong direction, but still nodded her head. Why do we lie? Why is it, why is it so tempting? As we grow older, we get better at it. We get better at justifying it. The other day I experienced a very rare occasion. I actually told the truth. Only because I had to. We had just sat down to dinner and the phone rings. And um, Sarah calls. And um, for some reason this particular evening, the, the dinner table was quiet, which is very, very rare. Usually the phone rings and I have to say, quiet down, i got to answer the phone. But... This time it was very quiet. And for some reason, Sarah's voice came right through my phone. I didn't have it on speakerphone. It was just very loud. The whole table heard it. And she said, you didn't just sit down to dinner, did you? Uh, yeah, I did. I had to answer the right way. Most of the time I would have said, oh, no. And I would have got up from the table and I would have walked. But everybody heard so I told her I'd call her right back, and that's the part I lied about. I told her I'd call her right back, and it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Maybe it was the next day. I don't even remember, but it was, it was awful. But I'm pretty sure that was the only time I've lied, at least that I can remember. So why do we lie? Let's talk about the three reasons why we lie. Very simple, three reasons why we lie, and then we're going to talk about the three reasons we shouldn't lie, all right? Um, we're going to go four places in the scriptures today, so I want you to have your Bibles out and ready to go. We're going to be in New Testament, we're going to be Old Testament, so please get your Bibles out and um, follow along as, as best you can. We're going to go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5. So while you're on your way there, um, we'll kind of give you some of the uh, heads up on, the, on what's going on here. Three reasons why we lie. Number one, we lie to make ourselves look better. So, on our way to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, really just kind of the actions of the Christians found, uh, were found in this book. The early Christians thought Jesus was coming back right away. So, so many of them were selling their properties and, and they were giving the proceeds to the church. So this particular couple wanted to join in on the action, the applause of others, right? When they announced how much they were going to give. We pick up the story in Acts chapter 5. Look at verse 1 with me. Are you all there? Did I give you enough time? Acts chapter 5 starting in verse 1. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought the, the, the part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife, wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, 
Why have you let Satan fill your heart? (laughs) You got chocolate all over your face. You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard this was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. After three hours, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her, What's, was, this, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out, buried her next to her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. I don't remember if I disciplined Cameron for digging into the candy dish, but I know for sure I didn't end her life for lying. (laughs) Lying is a punishable offense in my home, however. If you kick the dog or spill your milk or walk across the carpeted, light-colored carpeted floor in your muddy shoes, you're going to get reprimanded. But a lie in my house is not taken lightly. But never death. This is a little harsh. How can God just take the lives of these two people? Depending on society and culture, certain sins are taken more lightly than others. The only explanation I could come up with with this is that this is the very beginning of the Lord's church. So maybe God was trying to make an example of these, of these folks. They were lying to make themselves look better. Other people don't make us look good, so we've got to do it ourselves, right? And it usually involves lying. Starts on the playground with whose dad's going to beat up whose and whose dad's cooler. And we brag about where we've been and what we've done. As adults, we aren't much different. We lie to make ourselves look better. Second reason we lie is to make, to, 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 for personal gain. Uh, it's, it's for personal gain. As a general of the army, the enemy army... Gentleman gets leprosy. Chase me to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter five. Let's go there. Second Kings chapter five. We're going to start in about verse four, verse fifteen. His servant girl from Israel um, was was telling Naaman, uh, "Hey, I've got this prophet. I know this prophet that lives in my homeland, and I think he can heal you." So they pack up, they travel to Israel, and they find the prophet. They're sending out messages to figure out where Elisha is. And when one finally finds Elisha, Elisha sends a message back. Don't come to my house. Dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Well, Naaman finds out and is very upset. He rants and raves and how awful it's going to have to be to dip himself in this nasty Jordan River. He complains because it, it wasn't a monumental plan. Just dip seven times is way too simple. 
Naaman's servant says, if the prophet would have told you to do something crazy, would you have done it? Naaman says, yeah, I probably would have done that. Servant responds with, well, then, then why not just do this simple thing, right? So Naaman says, okay, and he goes and dips and is healed. Then he decides to send some, the caravan on ahead with gold and gifts to the prophet. Starting in verse 15. Look at it with me. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there is, that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept this gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, as, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And Naaman, and through Naaman, the, even though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Verse 17. Then Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load my two mules of, with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. For now, I will never again offer burnt offering or sacrifice on any other to any other god except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master the king goes into the temple to, uh, of the god Ramon, Ramon to, to worship there, he leans on my arm. May the Lord pardon me when I bow too. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home again. This guy is really concerned about worshiping the, the other god while while he wants to worship the true God. And so much so that he takes dirt, he loads up these two meals full of dirt, and he, he takes this dirt back to his country so that he can build an altar on God's country, on God's dirt, right? Pretty hilarious. Someone overheard the conversation. Look at verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, hmm, this is where we always go wrong, right? We start talking to ourselves. <laughs> My master should not have let this Armenian get away with without accepting any of his gifts. As sure as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something for him, from him. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and, and went to meet him. Is everything all right? Naaman asked. Yes, Gehazi said. But my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim had just arrived and he would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. Wow, what a story. Where did he come up with this? Verse 23, by all means, take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money, money in two bags and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went in, hid the gifts inside the house. When he went into his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? You got chocolate all over your face. But Elisha asked him, Didn't you? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. I missed the best part. Where have you been, Gehazi? Gehazi answers, I haven't been anywhere, he replied. What a stupid lie. You know good well he was somewhere. But isn't that how it goes? I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> Verse 26. But Elisha asked him, Don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and gifts and olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, male and female servants? 
Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as snow. Wow. Aren't you glad God doesn't do this stuff anymore to all of us? Boom. Toast. Guess I'd take leprosy over sudden death, but man alive. The curse went down generation after generation. It wasn't just him. It was his kids now paying for this consequence and his grandkids. Yikes. We lie to make ourselves look better. We lie for personal gain. And thirdly, thirdly, we lie to avoid negative consequences. Mm-hmm. Go with me to Exodus. Clear back to the beginning of the Bible. Exodus chapter 32. Go with me there. The Israelites, they, they flee, from Israel, flee from Egypt under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. They get across the sea and on dry ground. Moses sets up camp and, and um, God's going to visit. God descends on the mountain with thunder and lightning and, and all these great things. And he starts talking to, to Moses. Moses, come up on the mountain. And people are, ah, oh, this is cool. So Moses goes up on the mountain. Forty days later, these people are done with this scenario. Like, okay, we're starving, we're hungry, we're thirsty. What's going on? I hope you aren't one who looks for a God experience. Just hopping from one God experience to the next God experience to the next God experience. Because you know what? Sometimes there's stretches that go for 40 days, sometimes longer. And if that's what you're looking for, like the people of Israel, if you're looking for those Jesus moments or those God experiences, it's going to be a dry spell every now and then. Look what God's people do. They approach number two, Aaron. They say, well, we haven't seen Moses in uh, you know more than a month, and we haven't... I haven't really seen God in about 40 days either, so um, can we get a new God? So Aaron's like, well, I guess. So give me all your gold, give me all your jewelry, and um, we'll, we'll throw them in the fire, and um, we'll, you know, we'll make us a God. So he, he pulls out this golden calf, and the people start worshiping this golden calf. Here's the God that brought you out of Egypt. Let's, you know, let's worship that. They start this big... This big worship service. They're dancing, they're shouting, they're praising this new God. And guess who shows up? Moses comes down the mountain. Did you beat me there? Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32. Look at verse... uh, Let's start in verse... uh, Verse 19. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets on the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and he burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water and forced the people to drink it. You ever had gold water? I hear it tastes bad. Never tried it. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, What did these people do to make you bring such a terrible sin upon them? (laughs) Aaron's got to answer quick. He's in a big pile, a big, huge mess. Verse 22. Don't get so upset, my Lord, Aaron replied. 
You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us, who don't know what happened to them. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who, who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Really? Really? Are you kidding me? Aaron, are you kidding me? Are you really trying to tell me that you just threw a bunch of jewelry in the fire and out popped this calf? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, we lie to avoid negative consequences. We do anything to cover ourselves. The check's in the mail. Sorry, we aren't on the job yet. The materials were uh, backordered. I sent the email. Didn't you get it? Hey, maybe you should check your network. Maybe the network's not working quite right. The dog ate my homework. It's justifiable. It's justifiable. It's really not, it's really not going to hurt anyone. Nobody's going to really be harmed in this. It's just the way business works, right? Parents, I want you to be real careful. Because there's little ears and little eyeballs, little lives watching your every move. They're watching and they're listening. They don't need any help in this direction. We've got to be careful. These are the reasons we lie. Now, let's talk about the reasons we shouldn't lie. Number one reason we shouldn't lie is because God hates it. Go with me to, oh, this one might be on the screen. Are we, are we working today? Is everything functioning properly? Yay, it's working today. Good deal. Proverbs 6, look at verse 16. Uh, these are six things God hates. I love the way he writes this. There's six things God hates. No, seven. It's got to be some sort of Hebrew literary something, something. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes. People that think they're better than others. Makes sense. A lying tongue. Yeah, that's awful. Hands that kill the innocent. Now, wait a second. Lying and killing someone in the same list? Just thinking you're better than someone else and killing someone is on the same list? That's crazy. Hands that kill the innocent. A heart that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. A person who sows discord in a family. Wow. Two out of the seven, right? Two out of the seven are about dishonesty, about lying. The half-truth, the little white lies, the deceit here and there, just leaving out part of the truth. Made that list twice. Those are the things God hates. Why shouldn't we lie? Because God hates it. We have to get in the place in our lives that we understand how much God hates our dishonesty. All lies, big and small, are hated by God. He despises all of it. It can't just be a way of, of getting things done. It can't just, be, can't just be seen as justifiable because, you know, we just got to get things done. We just got to get things, get things rolling. Proverbs 11 and verse 1, God takes it right to the workplace. He says, God hates cheating in the marketplace. He loves it when business is above board. Yeah. God hates to see dishonesty in the workplace. 
There are many times when you, when you don't gain as much personally if you tell the truth, right? There's a lot of, a lot of hits to your reputation if you tell the truth. Look at Proverbs 12 and verse 17. It says, an honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips. But he delights in those who tell the truth. Lying even made the Ten Commandments. As a result of lying, Jesus Christ is crucified on the cross. But then on the other hand, we ask the question, when is it okay to lie? If the Nazis were coming to my house and I was hiding Jews in the basement, how would I respond? We have to be careful not to define reality with exceptions, but go here with me for a second. We find a lot of lies in the Bible. Abraham lied about his wife being his sister, and God blessed him. Rahab lied to the authorities to hide the spies, and God blessed her because of it. In fact, in the book of James, it even tells tells us that, that, that Rahab is considered righteous because what she did. Jacob and his mom, Rebecca, lied to Isaac and stole the birthright from Esau, and God blessed it. Samuel was told, told to go anoint David, and the prophet Samuel was scared because the bad king was going was to kill him if he found out he was going to anoint a new king. God told Saul, or God told Samuel to tell King Saul that he was just going there to make sacrifices. Not completely the whole truth. God told him to do that. I wrestle with these. Not exactly the stories we heard in Sunday school. There's like this almost unwritten law that when human life is at stake, it's okay to bend the truth. If someone breaks into my house to hurt my family and they ask, is there anyone else in the house besides me? My obvious answer is going to be no. There seems to be this law in the Bible of protection of human life. But in our workplace, I don't think we're making life and death decisions. There's always a stupid justification process that we go through in our minds, though, isn't there? Well, if I, don't, if I don't land this deal, if I lose my job, my family might starve to death. So I have to lie. Now, you really think they're going to starve to death? I don't think so. Won't God bless with a better job if you do the right thing? So there's two occasions when it's, when it's okay to lie. I guess if, if God comes directly to you and says, you tell this person this and that then you better do it because that's what God asks you to do. He doesn't talk to us that way anymore. Or if it's literally someone's life on the line, you're probably justified in, in lying. But otherwise, we better stick to the truth. So let's get back into it. God hates lying. The reasons we lie, the reasons we shouldn't lie. Number two, the reason we shouldn't lie is it's an indicator of who we are following. One more place, go with me here. John chapter 8. This is the last one. I want you to chase me. Go.
Go find me. Go find where I'm going. John chapter 8, starting in verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said to his people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful in my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set us free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. And everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. Huh, Father Abraham? No, that's probably where they get it. No, Jesus replied, if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth which I heard from my God, from, uh, from directly from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we are Ill- illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Verse 42, Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand why, what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are children of your father, the devil. (laughs) Can you imagine their response when he said that? All the way along here, he's telling them they're following their father. And they keep trying to come up with who their father is. Yikes. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Jesus says, if you tell lies, you are speaking the devil's language. Yeah, you are. We shouldn't lie. It shows, shows who we're really following. Colossians chapter 3. I love this one. Verse 9 says, Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off the old nature with its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become more like him. Get rid of all that old junk. Get rid of all that junk that used to be like the devil. We shouldn't lie because it shows who we're really following. And last, we become slaves to this sin of lying, and it steals our freedom. How many of us do relationships with lies? How many of you are not truthful with your spouse? Once we've brought one lie into the relationship, we have to, we have to kind of follow it with another and another and another. We're so bound up by these lies that, that it takes our freedom takes our joy in relationship relationships aren't fun anymore they're stressful because because we've brought so much deceit into the relationship if they found out who we really are then they might not like us anymore it's bondage how many of us go to work and have to put on a suit of lies 
We have made ourselves something that we aren't, and now we have to live in all the deceit, all the dishonesty to maintain our image, maybe even keep our job. This is why God hates it. God wants freedom, not bondage for his people. We just read it, John chapter 8 and verse 32. It says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's the reasons why we shouldn't lie. So let's take it on assignment. Here's the challenge. You can not put a price on your integrity and obedience. You cannot put a price on your integrity and obedience. It's invaluable. If you're lying in your work, your assignment, you're saying, I, 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 can't, I just can't change now. They would fire me or they'd kick me out. You have to understand that you've chosen your job over Christ. You've chosen to follow your job instead of following God. Look at this one, Proverbs 19 and verse 22. It's only human to want to make a buck, but it's better to be poor than a liar. Fear of God is life itself, a full life and serene, no nasty surprises. Better to be poor than a liar. Proverbs 21.6 says, Wealth that comes from, te- from telling lies vanishes like a mist and leads to death. It's not in your notes, but I want you to write this down if you don't get anything else today. Our reputation is what people think of us, Right? Our character is what God knows about us. So many times we choose our reputation over our character. Not good. We can't afford the consequences of lying. It hurts us. It hurts others. It hurts others around us. There's no way God can bless you in a workplace or in a job if there's dishonesty involved. God can't bless you in your home if there's, if there's lies in the home. Can't bless the relationship. It's costly to lie. God's not going to give you a job where you have to lie on the application. If you have the job because you lied on the application, God can't bless it or, or can't give it to you. He can't bless it. It's just chaos. Reasons why we lie, reasons why we shouldn't. We all struggle with this one. But we need to overcome. We need to get over it. We need to get past this language of the devil. The next time you're faced with temptation to lie, choose character over reputation. Right? Character over reputation. I thank you for your attention. Let's look to God in prayer. God, we're honored to be in your presence today. We thank you for... The words that you've written, the things that you you allow us to see from your word that we can apply directly to our lives, to our work, to our relationships, to where we where our assignment is. God, I pray wherever we find ourselves, whatever assignment we're on, whatever mission field we're in, here in this life, God help us to do it honestly. God help us to choose character over reputation every time. God, I pray that we'll be a people of integrity, of true integrity, and speak your language rather than the language of the evil one. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for being with us this morning. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
just a couple of announcements to uh, to end with. Obviously, we have a blast off meeting as soon as we uh, as soon as I dismiss you, we'll head up there and do that blast off meeting. And uh, right out here in the atrium, um, there's a table out there and a whole bunch of canned food, non-perishable food items, non-perishable all kinds of items, and a bunch of boxes there. And the goal of this is to get as much in the box as possible. So if you're good at puzzles, you be the one to stuff the box. We want as much stuff in each of those boxes as we possibly can get. So make sure there's no air gaps, all right? No air gaps at all. And uh, we're gonna fill up those boxes and send them down to Puerto Rico uh, this week. Also, don't forget tonight is hospitality night and uh, we're at hospitality day. Some of you are meeting for lunch, um, but uh, be aware of that. And um, so anyway, so as you go, I want you to stand up, turn around, and greet a former liar. Okay? You're dismissed.